Hi, I'm Sadek. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 73 of Shades of Brown. And this week, it's going to be... Nothing but hardware. Nothing but hardware. A lot of hardware. A lot of very, very nice, nice looking hardware. Uh, Very expensive hardware. Very expensive. I think the theme continues from last week. Uh, Was that last week? We talked about phones, right? We talked about... uh, no, no, last week was games. The week beforehand was phones. Uh, just the theme that everything's fucking expensive. Yeah, uh, computers are expensive, apparently. Uh, so we continue. We're going to start off. Uh, we're going to do this separated by companies, since you know, that sort of makes sense in sort of like logical fashion. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, Microsoft. Uh, we're going to start with Surface Studio 2. This is the second one. Uh, so... Sort of a primer on the Surface 2, a uh, Surface 2, Surface Studio, uh, is that it's this like, it's like this big, uh, 28 inch, uh, all in one computer. Uh, it's like 28 inches. Uh, it's a touch, it's a, the whole thing is a touch screen and it can like, uh, you know, it can fold into like almost a, a flat angle, right? It's almost flat. It's not quite fat, but. Uh, so that's, that's like a huge like thing. It's, uh, but the last year's one was, uh, very nice looking, but it was, uh, under power, extremely underpowered. Extremely uh, underpowered. Reason. Because like with IMAX that Apple, that Apple does, uh, Microsoft is also using mobile parts for this. And now that isn't a bad problem inherently, but you can't do a weak mobile GPU and a weak mobile, uh, CPU and try and drive a, huge screen with that <laughs> okay, that's okay so the for, for for context resolution is 4500 by 3000 so it's 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 a lot of pixels uh for the gpu to be pushing right uh, especially rendering say like photoshop at that resolution or even trying to play a game at, at that resolution like i mean i guess you could like run the game at a low resolution but photoshop and video editing software you really can't yeah just even just windows like that's a lot of pixels just to be driving that many pixels on the screen um so this year they they opted for uh, some more power some more power in the gpu section right uh so they have a they can you can either have a gtx uh, like nvidia gtx 1060 1060 rather, uh, with six GB of VRAM or, uh, 1070 with eight, eight gigs of VRAM, right? So those are like the low and the high end, I guess. Uh, so this is like a really like a good upgrade from like the, uh, GTX 965 and 980 that they used, like the mobile parts that they used last year. Uh, so these are like, like these are good GPUs, like for for this machine. But I, f- I feel like even if I mean for for the price point, like let's it, for how much you're paying for this, which is uh to be exact, it is starts at let's see three thousand five hundred dollars for sixteen gigs of RAM and a terabyte SSD. Um, so and that's pro- that's what the base uh graphics card as well. But like obviously, if you build your own computer, you can get way better parts for that price. Obviously, I mean, but you're not paying for the, you're paying for like the uh, first, you're paying for like the extremely good display, right? The big, really big, really good, really good display. Uh, you're also paying for uh, the Panos. The Panos tax, as all Surface devices have, basically the design tax, like the of the branding, right? Uh, you're paying for the Surface branding, also like also like the miniaturization process, like the little, like the computer is in the base of the, uh, like it's all all in that base, right? Uh, so it's like. So it's, so you're paying for that, but yeah, this is a significant premium, like 16 gigs of RAM and a terabyte SSD for 3,000, for like 3,500. That's, that's a, that's a premium. Uh, 
I mean, honestly, I would say most of the price of that probably goes to the screen anyways, right? So I don't, I don't really blame. It's still, it's an expensive computer. Um, I think that the Surface Studio, it's one of those computers that is expensive, yes, but makes sense in context, right? Because we're going to compare this to Stake Trick tablets, right? By Wacom, the ones that are, um, it turns the whole display into like a Wacom tablet. So you would, it'd be that plus the price of the computer that's driving the display, right? So I. I don't, I don't exactly blame Microsoft for this one. I think like out of all the computers we're going to talk about today, this one in context of what you're going to be doing with it and the types of people who are going to buy it makes the most sense. Yeah. For the people who buy this kind of stuff, uh, like it's not like they're not worried about like, it's not the, it's not, I don't think it's, it's a price. I don't know if it's a price sensitive market. Like, like obviously if you're paying, like if you're even considering buying a, like 3.5k computer you're probably having your company buy it for you right because they're like an art studio like a game design studio or like you're doing some sort of 3d modeling right yeah so it's like it's, it's not being paid for by one person it's probably paid for like uh from a budget of a for a computing budget uh but yeah like oh also um no usb-c on this one because microsoft hates usb type c and i know okay people 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 who listen are probably like yeah usb type c kind of sucks and like fair fair type c is kind of trash right now but do you know what's beautiful think about this and windows 10 has support for it now driving an external gpu over thunderbolt 3 would make this computer so much better because i while it's using a last gen um i7 right it's still it, it's still forty five watts, so um, it, it's still a hefty processor, and and I don't think that at least in terms of gaming, I think for most for other like video rendering and such, you might be computationally bound, but for gaming, I don't think you're going to be CPU bound at all with this. But being able to drive an RTX or one of those fancy new GPUs, right? Like being able to drive the over Thunderbolt three just extends the longevity of this computer. Yeah, it definitely would increase uh, the longevity. Like, but also the thing is, if say say if you have the first Surface Studio, like you're not upgrading to this, right? Like that's like the thing, right? These are meant to be. Like, if you buy one of these, right? These are not like. These are meant to be like you buy them once every like decade or whatever. It's like an iMac. It's a desktop computer. You don't replace those that often. That's why I'm saying Thunderbolt 3 is great because, even, okay, if you're doing video rendering on it, 3D modeling, think about it like this. You're daisy chaining multiple GPUs all driving your renders, right? Or you're powering Blender with that. Or you're powering Audition. No, Audition's Adobe's sound editor. Premiere. You're, ba- you're, like, you're, you're bouncing exports out of Premiere onto those GPUs. Like there is, for all the problems USB-C has, the Thunderbolt three and Daisy Chain external displays is really great. So, um, and I I feel like Microsoft's kind of shooting themselves in the foot by not enabling that because it's, you're just stuck with that ten seventy or ten sixty. And I mean, that's not even the highest end mobile GPU you can get from Nvidia. Okay, yeah. So it's like this, it just does have a USB C port, uh, but it oh, it does not support Thunderbolt three. Right? That's the that's the catch here. By the way. Uh, oh yeah, sorry. I should. I just started ranting about no Thunderbolt three. Yeah, we should make that clear. There is one USB Type C port, a single one, but um, it's only it's only it's USB three point one. Yeah, it's only it's only USB. It's only USB and uh, possibly Display Port video uh, at that port. Uh, so it's like, yeah, I mean, these are. Mm, mm. I don't know. Yeah, the the, the lack of the Thunderbolt is this is a bit. So speaking of uh, continuing lack of Thunderbolt, uh, I guess, uh, Surface Pro 6, we're up to 6 now, Jesus, uh, uh, and the Surface Laptop 2, uh, 
So, uh, firstly, before we get into specs, tell me that matte black look. What do you think about it? Um, that is amazing. It's, it's. I love it. It's very good. It's. It, I, I, I want it, even though I don't need it. I, it's that kind of look. Uh, uh, it is. It is a very, very nice looking. Like it looks ex- extremely good. Uh, that's that, that's a good thing. Uh, so like, so they did they, they redid the internals right? Uh, still the old ports mostly. Like it still doesn't have Thunderbolt three right. It's still like. Like honestly, I don't know if the Surface Pro, like the Surface Pro Six, like that form factor. I tried it, by the way. Like uh, I tried a Surface Pro form, uh, and it's just—I don't think it's a laptop replacement in any way. Well, it's so when when it comes to the surfaces, I think there's a specialized use case for them because I had a Surface Three for a bit, right? Um, I, we're gonna probably talk about this a whole lot later too. Speaking about teases, right? Where. It was better with Windows 8. The Surface 3 was a better device of Windows 8 if you only used it in touch mode. But if you used it in sort of the convertible master of all trades or jack of all trades, master of none, right? Then it, it was not great in Windows 8 and it got better in Windows 10. But it's the thing about the surfaces is that this can be your only computer if you're able to live with the compromises, right? And that's like, and that's for people who need that extreme portability. I think for folks who usually who work on a desktop all day, that doesn't matter as much to them because they're used to that, like having a huge monitor. But for, I was on the, like, I don't know. I found that having a surface was really great because of like how versatile it was. And I was willing to accept the downsides. Um, But it's it's a compromised device, but for considering the compromises that you get from, from inherently having that form factor, it's a this latest Surface Pro, the Surface Pro Six, right, is extremely speedy. Um, it packs a bunch of great hardware, and the price actually is cheaper than it was last year at a starting price. I feel like the one thing that's weird with these is like they're not very good laptops in the sense that they're they're not good to put on your lap like it's very weird to use a surface pro on your lap like you can't really it's it's it'll fall uh it doesn't stay in your lap like it's not meant for that when was the last time you used the surface did the one that you have the surface you have does that have the uh does that have the kickstand that has the all the angles or only the three lock specific angles uh, I think there are, yeah, there has some specific angles. Because uh, the newest ones, you can, it'll stand up at any angle you put it at with the kickstand out. So they, it's, so it's, it's like, is it, is it as good as a laptop? No. But does it stay on your lap? Yes. The new ones do. And I, I think that for, for maybe me and you, it doesn't make sense, especially for me, because I need USB-C Thunderbolt. Like I, that's, I will, I will, I will take that to my grave that Thunderbolt is the one saving part about USB-C. But, um, besides that, I think, that for specific cases of people who are extremely mobile and need like a super lightweight PC that's powerful and can do like some light video editing and like some 3D modeling, especially with the pen support, I still think that the Surface is the best option if you don't want to live in iOS's limitations. And that's not for everyone, right? But some people really like this form factor because they just like it and that's fine. And I'm glad that the Surface keeps getting updated. Although I do think it needs a new design. It's been like four years since it's been redesigned. <laughs> uh, Surface laptop looks more interesting to me from in that form factor, to be honest, uh, because it doesn't have that... Uh... Like it's 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 obviously not as like it's 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 like it has that whole hinge thing right like the hinge is important to me actually uh, I want the hinge uh, I'm not a fan of the whole uh, detachable keyboard thing like I'm not I'm not into it uh, so that's that's the Microsoft stuff now well, actually we, wait no we didn't talk about the Surface laptop Surface laptop it got updated as well also has a cheaper price which I think is important. Um, it went down. It went down to. Let me look exactly what the specs are now. 
No, it starts at a, it starts at a thousand now for the laptop, but. You get um, last year. You only got four gigs of RAM for that. Now you get eight gigs of RAM. So while it's still the same price, you actually get a uh, respectable amount of RAM. You get the baseline around amount of RAM in 2018 to run all your Electron apps. Um, (laughs) So, but I I also the Surface laptop, I think, is the best base laptop for Windows users. Um, And while you can get faster hardware for cheaper, yes. My thing about Surface computers is that. Microsoft has copied many things from Apple's retail strategy, but they've also copied their support model. And out of when I had my Surface, just walking into a Microsoft store, giving them the computer and being like, yeah, bro, it's not working. And they just handle it without me having to like RMA out the computer ship, you know, give labels and all that bull crap. Like, I think that's something that that shouldn't be taken for granted because dealing with phone support is such a pain in the ass and being able to go somewhere and just give them your computer and be like, this isn't working and have them deal with it for you is so much nicer. So uh, I'll ask the question before we move on to the Apple stuff. Uh, the Surface laptop, uh, looking at the price and, and, the, and, the, and the specs, do you think this is like the Windows equivalent of the MacBook Air? Oh, absolutely. Um, especially considering the trackpad, the keyboard, and the screen. This is the like Retina MacBook Air for people who don't want to use macOS. Like I genuinely like this is once again, the only thing holding back this computer is no USB-C. Like that's it. I also you get you get really clean builds of Windows from Microsoft, right? That's true. I mean, I, also to be fair, I think USB-C is probably not as big of a deal to the market that is for this laptop. Like it's that's not really like a big deal. Uh, it's only like, I don't know, like some nerds care, care about USB-C versus Thunderbolt versus. Uh, I feel like in the future, though, in the future, because think about it. You could turn this computer into a gaming laptop on oh, USB-C. No. Oh, my God. Think of the gamers. Think of the gamers. <laughs> I think Windows is already caters to the gamers in a fairly big way, and I don't think this needs to cater to the gamers. Uh, so that's that's Microsoft. Uh, we're gonna now now we're gonna get into the uh, eternal debate of uh, is is an iPad a computer or not? But first, but first, uh, it's gonna be 2018 Mac Mini, uh, which I was not expecting. By the way, like I was actually genuinely surprised uh, by this thing, uh, and it's actually good. Like it's it's fine. It's, uh, it has all the ports. It did, they didn't take, the only ports they took out was like, uh, optical audio out, right? Uh, and, uh, and the, and the SD card reader from the last generation. Uh, so, <sighs> Christian, what do you think about the new Mac Mini? Apple is charging 200 more than they probably should. Um, I don't think that, I think that having a cheap Mac desktop for people to easily get into and bring down keyboard and monitor is a good thing. Um, I understand that you can scale this up to like, an extremely powerful computer rate. And that's fine. That's fine. I don't, I think that being able to add all the processors, you know, like, you know, really high powered processors, a bunch of Ram and all that is a good thing. But I do believe that they should have offered a cheaper base model for just like regular computing because contrary to, to, to the uh, iPads taking over the world narrative, some people still want a desktop computer. And I think that having a good cheap entry point for Mac users is a good thing versus you know having to pay a grand j- without even a monitor or a keyboard or a mouse yeah like uh the good thing for apple too like you yes like apple's making ecosystem plays uh and serve like services revenue is, is the thing that they, they keep increasing on and like getting a che- like having a cheaper mac mini would mean that more people could get into the apple's ecosystem at a at a reasonable price and this 
that's like I think I don't I don't know if that's attractive to Apple, but obviously they think it's you know like oh, it's gonna be at a grand. Uh, so I mean, the- it is like it's a very versatile computer, though, right? That's that's a, that's the sad thing about it because for cheap, it'd be you, you, it has four USB C Thunderbolt ports, four two USB A. <laughs> you can get gigabit Ethernet on it. You can do so much with this computer. Uh, okay, hear me out. You can get you can get ten gig Ethernet on it, which is ridiculous because it's like, uh, what are you going to do with ten gigs of Ethernet in Mac? If you future proof it, you future proof yourself. Uh, sure. Will Mac OS uh, even be around when ten gig Ethernet matters? Who knows? Uh, so yeah, like this, this thing has all the ports. It has a headphone jack, uh, and an HDMI port. Uh, and as Christian mentioned, uh, four, four Thunderbolt, uh, so USB-C Thunderbolt ports, uh, two to USB-A. So it has all the ports that you need, uh, which is, which is amazing for, for a computer in, like an Apple computer in 2018. It has upgradable RAM. Which is which is really weird to me. Like it's like the only Apple computer, uh, other than other than the Mac, the uh, extremely outdated Mac Pro, right? Uh, that has uh, that has replaceable RAM. But to be fair to that, is it's not user replace. It's not meant to be user replaceable. Uh, yeah, you still need an iFixit kit to get in there. Because I mean, it's still they're not soldered in, right? They're still just like dim slots that you just put them into. But it's a pain in the ass to get to them. Yeah, there are. Uh, and like the CPU wise, it seems like pretty damn good. Like performance wise, like it's fairly quiet on the lower end, right? On the i3, uh, which is good for if you use these as, uh, home theater, uh, machines. Uh, and it's a, apparently a really good developer machine, which is, it's great. Uh, it's, also, just, it's it, only if it's need to have a cheaper version. Uh, yeah. Uh, it has the T2 chip, uh, which, Which means no booting Linux. Oh, is is that what that means? Uh, is that yeah, a- no, um, because uh, you, I think you can like if you go into like this, the if you like recovery boot it, you can disable all security verification, and then you can boot Linux. But you kind of don't want to do that because that um that verification, I believe, also works for well, maybe not in the Mac Mini as much, but for the MacBook Pros, right? That controls the webcam and all of that. Um, and it also turns, it also controls touch ID. So I think there is like a sort of, a, there's a hacky way to get it, but by default, you can't boot Linux and you can only boot Windows because when you use, you go through bootcamp, what it does is that it'll install a, uh, not the UEFIE certificate, but another Microsoft certificate onto the bootloader that'll verify Windows. Um, and then that's how you boot into Windows, but then obviously that won't work for Linux. So uh, these these computers are not for people who want to run Linux. But then again, I don't think people who want to run Linux ever buy pre-built desktops. But I just feel like I should point that out there, that it is kind of, it, it's like depressing that Apple keeps locking down the software you can run on their Macs. Yeah, uh, people who run, want to run Linux in this form factor uh, should look into the Intel and the Nux, right? Nux oh, systems. right, right, yep. Uh, because th- those are the equivalent in sort of like those, those can run Windows, those can run, uh, Linux. Obviously, I have one at home, uh, for, for, which has been running for years and they're, they're very good machines. They're pretty, pretty damn quiet, uh, very upgradable. Uh, like you can take out the RAM, you can, you know, it's, it's, uh, SSDs, uh, et cetera. It has good IO. Uh, so get an Intel lock if you want that and you want to run Linux, right? Uh, that's, that's that. 
area of the market. Uh, but yes, yeah, so this is the Mac Mini. Well, can you get a NUC with Thunderbolt three? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, I think on the newer NUCs, yes. Uh, I think on the newer NUCs, you can probably get like that newer higher end NUCs. Maybe you can get Thunderbolt three. I'm not sure. I think the uh, latest generation of uh, Intel NUCs are probably have Thunderbolt three. I haven't looked into the NUCs. Uh, yes, I just checked on Intel's website. You can buy a NUC with Thunderbolt three. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised because it is an Intel thing, right? So I'm not, I would be surprised if it didn't have Thunderbolt three. So that's the Mac Mini. Uh, uh, surprisingly, probably the best thing Apple announced this year. Uh, um, are you going to get one though? That's the, I don't that's see the a use question. for it. Like I don't, I don't see uh, uh, any sort of like what do I, what do I do with with one of these? Well, I mean. So you remember that like that shit post the like comment I made the other day? Think about it. Replace your desktop with a Mac Mini, and then for games, have an external hard drive you you, you boot into Windows for. That's... Running over Thunderbolt three, it's, it's fast enough. And think about it like this: you take your current GPU out of your PC, oh put it in an external enclosure, and then plug it into the back of it and run all your games off of that GPU. I, I could just instead build a new gaming pc i like that's that's a better idea it, it but then just, you're using windows yeah i'm, I'm fine <laughs> i'm fine with windows windows doesn't i mean me. didn't you lose your activation this week or something like that that was not uh <laughs> that was a microsoft problem not like it was microsoft breaking their activation service which is weird by the way like i didn't expect that to amazing ever. that's it's kind of amazing uh but anyways uh, that that was just a minor annoyance at best uh so yeah, like I don't see a use for this, like uh, at this point, and also like without like just the base model, without like a monitor, uh, or like keyboard and mouse or whatever is like it's still pretty expensive. It's not like your computer can just buy, and it's not any faster than your desktop, right? No, it's it's like what am I gonna like? There's literally I have like I cannot even think of like even a, like a niche use case that I can. Like use it for like if I did I guess you run a Plex server off of it. I I don't need this to run a Plex server. Like I already have a NUC. Like I could I could run a Plex server on that. Like it's it's already there. The NUC is more than powerful enough to run a, a Plex server. Think about it. This computer is finally the first portable mini sort of computer that's powerful enough to run a Mastodon instance without paging out. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, uh, this a new era of Mastodon where you run run them on Mac Minis. Yes. Uh, uh, Mini Sedan. Oh my I, god! <sighs> MacBook Air. <laughs> let's just go on to the yeah, MacBook let's, Air. Let's just move on. Um, MacBook Air. Uh, we have the Verge review in the show notes, but so you know, uh, people have like I've heard for a long time that the MacBook Air like the, is like one of the best laptops you could get, right? Uh, because like had all the things that you wanted. Like it was it was light and portable. It had it ran Mac OS, right? It ran pretty well. Uh, and this, it's 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 all things you need. Like it has Retina. It's all catch up, right? It's it's like it has Retina display. It has Touch ID, which is pretty cool actually uh it doesn't have it has a new trackpad uh what else like it has like what else can we say about this like so basically it has you, you take a um the mini macbook don't i used to have the 12 inch macbook you add another USB-C port you add a overclocked processor a, a little a more powerful gpu and like that's it right it's it's the Apple did the base minimum here with the MacBook Air, and they're charging two hundred dollars more. Um, before we get into anything, I just need we need to point out one thousand two hundred dollars for an Intel Y series processor is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, that is is a 
bit like the the, the Y series processor. I feel like it's, it's it's a bit. To be fair, Apple's running it at seven watts, right, versus five watts because Y series usually just run at five watts. But yeah, it's they put. They just like I know they didn't do it like this, so don't get at me, computer nerds. But they basically overclocked a, a like a mobile processor and then put a fan in it to to spurt heat, and then added like a more powerful CPU. And because this is an Amber Lake processor and not one of the latest, I, I don't think the Y series come anything post Amber Lake at the moment because Intel's a fucking mess. You can't even get ddr4 lp ddr4 ram in it so this thing's using lp ddr3 now granted the old macbook air from 2015 is using lp through ddr3 but this one is at a higher frequency or i mean a higher hertz rate clock rate whatever yeah ran at it's at a higher rate so technically it should be a little bit faster but what you're getting is you're basically getting an overclocked macbook like the 12 inch macbook i know overclocked isn't the proper term but that's how i think we should think about it in yeah. terms of performance yeah. so this is so look, here's how performance is going to work on this computer as someone who lived on a 12 inch macbook if you use everything except electron apps and chrome you're fine and this isn't me knocking on electron apps this is me saying that intel's y series of processors cannot handle more than one chromium <laughs> instance at once and i'm not i'm not shitting on this isn't me shitting on electron because i don't like it this is me just saying the processor really can't yeah the processor it. Can, it just doesn't have the horsepower required uh just, yeah like the best way to make my macbook go to a crawl is was to run discord wired and chrome at the same time you you hit that trifecta you're already encrypting messages for years like you, you don't have a good time and well, I think this is going to handle a little bit better. I would say that I don't. I still think that this isn't actually a bad computer yet because it has a Retina screen, even though it isn't as bright and as vivid as the MacBook Pro's display. It's and it has a third generation butterfly keyboard, which I haven't had no problems with. Um, I think that it's. I think Apple did fix most of the problems with it, and it has a larger trackpad, and it also has Thunderbolt three. So it has all the stuff we want, but like they could have done more, and they could have done it at a lower price. And I don't. I. If you want Mac OS and if you want a laptop, you already know that you're not getting the fastest hardware. So I think this is fine, but it's nothing more. Yeah, that that processor is just really bothering me. It's just like oof, that 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 one is like everything else is fine to me, but it's like that that even the DDR3 uh, versus DDR4 thing. Like that's that's not a big deal to most people, right? Like the RAM RAM speeds are like not like only like like PC gaming nerds care about RAM frequencies, really. Uh, honestly but like that like that processor is really is really really a compromise uh, uh and, and i don't know if it was intel's like it's intel's fault but it's also like you know like that review says it's apple's problem uh, i mean it's intel's fault but who told apple to use the y series processor in the macbook air the old mac bear i believe used the u series processor yeah the u series are like the low power lower power mobile yeah also we just yeah just for uh people who don't follow intel processors Y series basically means you don't need a fan to run it because that's how low power it is. U series means this is a mobile chip, but you can you can use it without a fan. You might not have a good time, but it's usually meant for laptops, middle of the line that have fans. It's a higher wattage, and the more watts you use of a processor, the more power you can get out of it. Yeah, like the Intel Knox run like U series processors. Uh, so it's like yeah, the U series are like pretty good processors for what they are, right? Uh, and if you want a fan out on it, it's it's even better because you can just run it pretty hot. Uh, so it's like, like this is like this. If you're coming from a OG MacBook Air, right? Uh, like this is this is gonna be an upgrade for sure. But like, it's not gonna be 
just 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 for that yeah just for that retina display right uh which is if you have not used a retina display like you're you're, you're gonna be in for a nice surprise uh uh other than that i think people who who still use a macbook air day to day can get along with this right like like that's like that's the thing it's, it's but that that process still feels like a bit a bit a bit low powered i i feel like so if you use a computer for just like if you don't edit video or audio regularly you're going to be fine right i think that's that's like that's the difference between the macbook air and the surface laptop line of computers right versus the surface uh book and the macbook pros right even though apple's naming scheme's a mess right now um the the $1,300 MacBook Pro without a touch bar is basically a MacBook Air just running at a higher wattage CPU, but you still get a lot of those same tradebacks, um, or drawbacks, rather. But I would say if you dabble into productivity stuff ever so often, you're going to be fine with this because I ran the podcast network off of a Y-Series Core M3 MacBook. I'd use Logic and all that. And you know what? It was actually fine. It was just that exports took longer Things took longer, right? But I was able to record, do that. Now, granted, for dev work, I, one time I tried running, I think, Vagrant, a little bit of Docker, and um, and and I think Atom at the same time. It was not a good idea. It just like that. I, I kernel panicked, and it just shut off because it couldn't supply enough power for what the uh, what the applications were requiring. But in terms of like, if you just are in school and you and you want to use macOS, right? Because at this point, I. I I think that Windows 10 is fine enough, right? It, it, it comes out your personal preference. And if you have an Android phone, probably go with Windows 10. If you have an iPhone, maybe just go for a Mac. Like, it, there, it's all personal preference. But I still think that this is a fine computer to use as a baseline Mac OS computer. I um, 128 gigs of SSD storage should be illegal, outlawed, and punishable by, by jail time. Because that is bad. That's a bad time. And Apple should really be shipping a 256 by default. Which they do, mind you, on the 12 inch MacBook. So speaking of the 12 inch MacBook, like that puts like this release of this puts that in a really awkward place. Like what does what is that even for now? Like what is like what is the point? Um, the- people who want form over factor? Because I guess at this point, the 12 inch MacBook costs more than the MacBook Air. You don't get Thunderbolt 3. It has not been updated for any eighth core eighth generation processors. It has a second gen um butterfly keyboard, which is prone to breaking. Uh, but it comes in gold, which this computer does as well, and it's thinner. That's that's like, it. Like, and that's that's not gonna. Yeah, that's like I feel like Apple is like 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 they they want to update the MacBook Air, but then then they didn't update the MacBook. Uh, so it puts the MacBook in a weird spot now, which is like, are they gonna are they planning on getting rid of the MacBook? Is that is, is the MacBook going away next year? Like, I, I think they should honestly. I feel like they should just get rid of the MacBook, get rid of the Touch Bar MacBook Pro, because. They don't really make sense, and you're not saving money by going with those, right? It's not like the only benefits to that are the fact that Apple still has stock to sell and people are going to buy them, right? I don't see any sort of other benefit in terms of you as someone who wants to use a computer and wants to get a good deal from it, right? Because, for example, the two grand MacBook Pro that I'm using right now um, was a objectively expensive computer, but it's worth it because of the, pro- the power you get from it, right? Like, Iris Pro graphics are worth it. The fact that you can build a PC with better specs for cheaper, I need Mac OS for things. So that's why, right? But for what for what you got out of it, that is not a, like, I didn't feel like Apple, like, backhanded me. But when I think about the MacBook and the MacBook Pro with no touch bar, it's like, buying these feels like a, sl- a slap in the face to people who don't know any better. 
So, so, so the argument that you know you can get better specs is is never a good argument because it's like that's not what people are buying these buying Macs for. Uh, the specs have rarely been like the thing that people buy. Like these these are not like. I don't know how to explain this to people who already always get, always bring that argument. Like, that's like always the first argument that people bring up. And it's like, that is not the important thing that people are looking for. People are looking for, uh, a Mac because they use Mac software. They use Mac OS. They prefer Mac OS. That's, the, that's the reason that we Oh, here's about. an argument. Here's an argument. Okay. Um, why would you ever buy a Nintendo Switch for a PS4 around the same price gets you better specs? And you use a Switch docked all the time. Like, fuck it. What's the point of buying a Nintendo Switch? Literally, you buy a PS4, it plays more games, it, they look better, and you get a better online network. Or fuck, even an Xbox too, right? Yeah. Like, you, that's people, Destiny, honestly. You can play Destiny on a Switch, so why would you buy a Switch? There are yeah. no benefits to it because the Switch is using some shitty mobile CPU. Tegra isn't even supported anymore, and it's just a fork version of Android. That's the argument. Right. Oh yeah. If you find fault with that argument, then surely I hope that you're not also the same person on the timeline yelling at me saying you can build a computer for so much cheaper because uh, that's not uh, the point. You're missing you're, you're the point. For the cheap, you're paying for Touch ID. You're paying for Mac OS. And if that's not worth it to you, that's fine. Yeah. Go I use mean, Linux. Like, KDE still supported. Good time on that. Right. <laughs> like go use Windows. It's fine. It's fine if people use Mac OS. It's fine if people use a Surface laptop. Why do we still have these arguments in the year of our Lord 2018? I still see these arguments, uh, commonly cited by people who should at this point know better. Uh, honestly, uh, yeah, like, like if you're saying Mac OS, like computers around Mac OS are too expensive and you want the security benefits of the T2 chip and you want a secure platform, especially with iPhones, I'm there with you. I get that. This computer should be a thousand dollars. I genuinely feel like this computer should not be $1,200. But if you're saying that for that money, you can get a better computer. And I'm like, well, sure. You sure, you sure can. But, you know, I I don't know. Why would you buy a Switch if Dark Souls plays better on a PS4? Oh, my God. That's perfect. I love how you just turned that around into like a console thing as well. So now the console nerds are mad at us. It's all good. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so I'm thinking like I, I have a 2015 MacBook Pro. Uh, early 2015 MacBook Pro, 13 inch, right? Base model, really. Uh, like 2.5, 2.7 gig hertz Intel Core i5, uh, 8 gigs of RAM, uh, DDR3, obviously, and, uh, Intel Iris graphics. Uh, so this is like a base model 13 inch MacBook. Like, I, I don't need to upgrade because I don't really need a laptop. So, I don't know. Uh, did you have a retina display? Yes, yes, of course it has a retina display. Yeah. I, I, see, the problem here now is that I, I don't think that most people have laptops need to upgrade because Intel, A, there was two, there's three things been happening, right? Um, Intel has been stalling and they're just adding more cores. And it was funny because I was watching a Linus Tech Tips video yesterday <laughs> where he was going over, he was going over like some AMD thing and he's like, why are the Intel guys saying, oh, they're gluing more cores to this when it's like, they're kind of doing the same. Intel's kind of just putting more cores on it because they can't shrink down the process or come out with like wildly new designs. Yeah. It's things are stalling from it. But at the same time, we're in a really great age right now where system requirements for operating systems have barely gone up since. No, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that is very true. Uh, Like the Apple's arbitrarily stopped supporting computers that ran like Snow Leopard and such, right? Because the GPUs don't support metal. Yeah. But processor wise, there's. You can run Windows 10 on a Core 2 Duo and not have a terrible time. Yeah, like processors have come a long way. Moore's Law is is not what it used to be, you know. Uh, it's it's not like back in the day where 
uh, uh, like you, you, you'd buy, you'd upgrade from a Pentium three to a Pentium four, right? And that would be like a huge ass upgrade, right? Like going from a Pentium three, going at, uh, like 833 megahertz, right? And then going to a Pentium four that's running at like 3.2 gigahertz was like a huge fucking deal. Uh, nowadays, like that's, that's not really the case, right? Going from one generation of interprocessor to another generation is, is, is a mine. Like you don't, you won't even notice like the, the, the speed bumps, right? It's like so minor, uh, at this point. Uh, so it's like, yeah, like if you only need to upgrade, if your computer is basically falling apart at this point, uh, uh which is fine and probably better for the plan anyways. Right. I don't think we, I don't think living in a, in a society where everyone's like upgrading their computer every year or even every three or four years is better for the world um because what do you like what do you do with old computers no one recycles them i recycle my old computers because i realize it's a waste to have like some like 10 year old cr48s lying around like there's like oh i have it for the nostalgia but what am i going to do with a computer running a first gen atom like what am i going to do with that if i could even get like mastered on a load on it you know like that's god's plan like no, <laughs> that's no. god's plan like really like it's you have these old computers and it's either it's about i don't know i i'm i'm happier with a slower upgrade cycle while people get mad that like new designs aren't coming out all the time in computing and things are getting boring i think it's better um because it's like well are you upgrading your computer anyways because it's probably a waste of money every year and it's probably it's harmful to the environment because you're just letting that old computer go like just go unused or even worse, you're throwing it in the trash. Which, by the way, don't ever do that. Don't don't throw computers in the trash. Yeah, uh, if you, especially if you buy Apple computers, take it to the Apple store. Like, if, if you're not gonna sell it, uh, take it to the Apple. Get some store. Get some store credit. Right, you get some store credit for it. Uh, so just do that instead. Like, just like Apple. Apple recycles these right uh, for you. So it's like you, if you buy Apple computers. Uh, regularly, uh, or yeah, semi-regularly, I guess. Uh, just you know, just if you're not gonna sell, like if you're gonna re- like resell it, uh, just you know, recycle them properly. Uh, like just just a, just a heads up, you can do that. By the way, yeah. Then if um other computers, if you don't care about getting money on them, well, you can always sell them to junkers who use them for parts. Or if you go to like a Staples in the states, you just give it to them and they'll recycle it for you. And granted, you won't make any money off of it, but like if you have a like a ten year old Dell Latitude, like what are you doing? with it what are you doing with it just install arch linux every four weeks on it like come on maybe 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 you know put that into vm and just recycle the computer yeah it's like that thing probably eats more power than anything else you have uh so yeah go recycle that uh speaking of uh power uh we we got we got the, we got the last uh apple thing to talk about here uh last apple computer uh the the, app, the the computer that Apple says is the only computer you'll ever need, but it's it's, it's untrue. Uh, it's the 2018 uh, iPad Pro. Uh, the Ars Technica article has like a code question. It's like, what's a computer? <laughs> because it's like that ad, right? That Apple ad that was like a girl going, uh, "What's a computer?" It's a good question, Christian. What is a computer? Uh, um. So, so we're about to get into hot take discourse land because. I want to separate out us talking about the iPad into two sections. We're going to do a conceptual philosophical bit, and then we'll talk about the actual computer. And while, while we're in, while we're in zone A, um, if there are going to be things that are a little bit contradictory when we talk about zone B, because zone A, I'm talking about computers that people would consider appliances more than general purpose computers, even though I think there's some discourse to be had about that. So I'm going to put iPads, Chromebooks, Windows tablets all together. So. 
a computer is a device that lets you do things digitally. Like if you can do something digitally on a computer, if you can manage and touch files and create files and delete files, that is a computer. Because at the end of the day, that's all we're actually doing is accessing files one way or another. You're just accessing data. And if you can do that in any way, then it is a computer. And mind you, the important part about that shitty definition I just gave is that input method does not count because I see all the time, all the time, especially, especially on social media, people being like, well, this does not support a mouse and keyboard. Therefore, it is not a real computer. And that's my problem with that argument is that there are people I have, we have, me and Static have mutual friends who just use a keyboard. They don't use a mouse. They're using a tiling window manager. They live in a terminal all day. And what makes what what about that input method makes it more of a computer than the other one? Because you know what? Have you have you tried editing a photo with just the keyboard? Not a great time. Not a great time. And I know there's accessibility tools, but I'm taking it as a general concept, right? Like doing it in a terminal. You don't do that in the terminal. There's some things you need a graphical interface for, but for some reason we hold the terminal higher as a computing paradigm versus a tablet, which I don't think that's the case. I think that each platform has benefits and downsides to it because everyone wants to go around saying oh mouse and keyboard that's where i'm most comfortable i'm always comfortable with my hands on the keyboard but it's like that's what you grew up with that's you grew up using a keyboard i was 10 when the iphone came out i was 10 when touchscreens came into my life i have spent more of my i have spent more years living using touchscreens than i have using a mouse and keyboard and i use a mouse and keyboard every day i get my work done on a mac but I multiple times use iPad, not iPad, I've used a Surface, and then mess with like Chromebooks and stuff around before too, right? And it's with with those, it's a different way of working that might not be for you. And that's perfectly fine if it's not for you. But don't shit on the concept because it's not what you're used to. Because like you you use these touchscreen devices and things work differently, but there are ways to get work done. And you you get higher precision of a mouse and keyboard, but you don't get all of the benefits of like what computing can do, right? Please think about it like this. A mouse and keyboard is only great if you're stationary and at a place where you can like use both hands on there. But a touchscreen is more versatile. A touchscreen can... You have more fingers touching... You can do more of your fingers touching a screen than you can if you're hand on a mouse. And that's good for certain use cases because, sure, you can like draw stuff with a mouse, but it's a pain in the ass. No, but nobody, and, like, anybody who draws for a living doesn't draw with a mouse, right? They're, they're using, but uh, that's using different accessories, the different things plugged into that computer, right? But you get, you, you don't have to do that with a tablet. You can use a touchscreen as those most of input devices, right? You can use your, you can use your touchscreen as a MIDI keyboard and a drawing tablet, right? And you might be thinking, oh, I can just plug a keyboard into my computer and I can plug a tablet or sync one up with Bluetooth. And yes, that's the point. It's more convenient to do it on the tablet because you don't have to plug things in. And that does that is not a net negative or, or benefit to the mouse and keyboard model, right? But it's just that things work differently on it and some things are easier than others. And you know what's really great? Just having this thing in your hands 
It makes you feel like more immersed in it. It has a camera on it. So while Apple's always showing off AR demos, and I think it's kind of silly, there is a benefit to being able to take the picture you're about to edit. And we can talk about, and this is philosophical, right? Because obviously iPad cameras are trashy and not the best cameras, but there is still a benefit to being able to go ahead and edit that photo you just took on your device and share it with someone. There is a benefit to having that iPad in the kitchen showing you recipes if you're cooking when you don't want your MacBook, especially if you have like a new MacBook in your kitchen. (laughs) Keyboard's gone and you probably don't want your Windows computer and you can't take your desktop into the kitchen to cook, right? You can use you can compute in more places with tablets. And that's that's my whole thing. You can do it in more places. And for you at home with Gen 2 using the, the, the mate shell, right? Like you might be thinking to yourself, well, that doesn't benefit me because I'm always on my desktop. And that's great. That's great. You're always on your desktop, but some people aren't. So please don't shit on the paradigm. And there are valid benefits, which we're about to go into, because I don't think that having only an iOS world for touchscreen devices is good. I think that having a world where maybe desktop Linux was around is better or some form of openness and not having to do with shitty Win32 Win apps if you want to use the Microsoft version of this. I, I think those are merits to that. But as a philosophical whole, we should be going for more input methods rather than less because I feel like pushing for a world that uh, that stays with mouse and keyboard is not only ableist, but is just ridiculous given the different places that people use computers in. Mouse and keyboard is comes from a place of privilege, right? Having being able to sit down at a place and just compute and do things with your computer, with a monitor, with with a modem and all of that, that is comes from privilege because that is always going to be unless you're using used old hardware, right? But I, I feel like you can make these tablet devices more cost efficient versus the whole mouse keyboard desktop setup. Like uh yeah, like using uh, a mouse and a keyboard like all the time it comes from a place of like ability right you you're sitting usually sitting right or standing some people prefer to stand these days uh though both of those require ability uh like using a mouse requires you know like your hands to work like this is not like a given thing right uh like it requires like you have you don't have chronic pain where you can't use a mouse for a very long time uh or a keyboard right uh like Accessibility is is a thing. So the, the the rise of various input methods is one of the better things that have come around in computing over the last decade, right? And voice input is better, or voice like controls better on mobile platforms as it is on desktop platforms. Yeah, voice voice based input I think is is is, is very powerful. I think people uh, people like to sort of uh, I think because it's still kind of primitive on Apple platforms at this point. Uh, but I think uh, like voice based controls are going to be increasingly more powerful and very very like very accessible uh because uh you can just use them without even touching the device which is which is pretty cool uh like from a philosophical standpoint like i when i use computers uh i i wrote a blog post about this recently about how like i'm sort of like uh, in the state of like discontent with all the computers that i use on a day-to-day basis and like uh none of these are like perfectly fitting all my needs, et cetera. Uh, but the one thing that I mentioned was that the, the iPhone, uh, which which by all means is, 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 is the smallest and the most secure computer that I have, uh, is one of the ones that I actually use, uh, like I enjoy using the most because despite its, its various limitations, right, it is... Uh, it's, very, it's, it's very powerful, obviously. It, it, it can do so many things. Uh, and the software is not getting in my way most of the time. Uh, 
And in general, it just feels like iOS feels nice to use, uh, despite its, you know, various limitations, which you're going to get into later. Uh, so like, I, I don't get it. Like most people who use computers, I feel like the thing is, uh, people who grew up, uh, sort of like in the, in the nineties, right? Uh, like you mentioned that you came, you, you were like 10 when the first iPhone came out. Uh, so that's like a different sort of era. Uh, for people who are like a, a little bit older, uh, who sort of started with mouse and keyboard, it feels sort of like this, this is sort of nostalgia, I guess. Uh, like we got to tackle that. Like, oh, uh, my, that, that's another, that's another episode for the day I make, I, I don't make fun of, but I, I, I don't yell maybe, but I, I give a stern talking to all the people who, for some reason, want every UI to look like Windows 2 X 2000. I, <laughs> I like I, I can get into the nostalgia stuff, but like Windows, like Windows XP was was not good. Like from from like various like points, like it's it's not a great like, like Windows. I don't know. As someone who didn't grow up with Windows two thousand, I see all these like hashtag Cber C C Y B R E and hashtag glitchy post right of people being like, what if we made websites that look like this table based web design? And I'm just like. I, I don't see the benefit. I, sure, it's an aesthetic, and I can respect that. But saying that this is better than what we have today, not really. There's, we got drop shadows matter, friend. Drop shadows, <laughs> drop, shadows. drop shadows matter. <laughs> and I know, I know, flat design doesn't have. It, um, yeah, like the, a lot, a lot of it is is like even you see this sort of like. Uh, I mean, it's, I'm not going to judge anybody for writing like this, but like a uh, lot of lot of tech reviewers right like this like a lot of tech reviewers are like like 20 uh, 20 to 40 year old dudes right uh writing like these pieces where like they're talking about uh very desktop like very mouse and keyboard centric workflows right they're, they're talking about uh they're, they're talking about how like it's uh like it's just more comfortable right like they're not like they're addressing the bias in a certain way but they're also at the same time acknowledging like yeah, I just don't like it. I just don't like this new paradigm, right? It's, it's just, it's just, I don't like it. Uh, which is fair, but at the, also at the same time, when you're a tech reviewer, it's, it sort of becomes like a consensus, right? Uh, like, because tech reviewers, like, like the general consensus around the iPad Pro. Now, I, I guess we can move on to like column B of our discussion. Uh, yeah, now, now we're, now, now we're actually going to start talking about the device, right? Okay. So. The general consensus, just just for people who don't read tech reviews, which is fair, uh, is that this is an extremely good piece of hardware that is being hampered by uh, software that has too many compromises and too many limitations, which is iOS, uh, which I agree with. Actually, that, that is a, that is the thing. I in general, I I'm in agreement uh, with all of these. Uh, like the general consensus is is I think correct on this. Uh, it is an extremely beautiful uh and very very powerful like it's like it's it's kind of ridiculous how powerful this is like it is it's the, the, the even as we consider like the form factor and the amount of power you have is kind of absurd uh like the 812x processor right uh benchmarks are like objectively Uber. faster than the macbook air that we were talking about a moment ago like it it, it goes neck and neck with my macbook pro the one that I have, and I think that has the eighth uh, gen Core i five in it, like proper Core i five. So that, it's, so hardware wise, this computer is great. It has a great display. The GPU is on, it's on par for an Xbox One S, which is okay. I think Apple is going to start making strides in GPUs, like in, in, in New Year's, especially now they're doing them in house. But that's fine. We could 
The only thing about hardware that should be talked about is there's USB-C, and that's great. No headphone jack, which is silly, because a lot of people use iPads for music stuff, right? For monitoring. GarageBand is actually pretty sizable. Like, if you're running a live show, you can do it off an iPad. I think what people are mentioning is that people who do music like that don't use uh, the headphone jack. They use, like, uh, this thing that connects. Like, they have, like, a separate, like, like this thing that can do multiple inputs and outputs, like they have a separate device for that. And that connects, that connects over like, like, I guess now USB-C to the iPad and that, or, or over even over Wi-Fi, right? Uh, like a blue, lo, lo, local Wi-Fi. Like, Maybe like plugging into like a mixer or something like yes, that, Yes, a right? mixer. Yes. Like a, like a mixer that supports iPad connectivity, right? Like, uh, I, 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 like I was reading the comments on this article and I was like, yeah, so that's a thing apparently that exists. Uh, so people don't use the headphone jack as much as people like to talk about in that form. But yeah, the lack of the headphone jack is just, just a bit I feel like it wouldn't hurt Apple. There's room. There's room in the device to put a headphone jack. There is a lot of room. Uh, and that screen, though, like that's a big LCD display. That's a, it's not OLED. It's it's a giant LCD. But it's also 120 hertz. So I don't think you can get OLEDs right now that are also 120 hertz at that resolution and size. So so like hardware wise, right? It's great, but it starts to become hampered by software. And here's now here are the here are the complaints I have against iOS. One back. Let's go back. What is a computer? It let's you create manage files regardless of input method. Let's talk about files here. What happens if you plug in a USB-C drive, a USB-C to USB-A connected to a thumb drive, anything like that? Nothing. Every app in iOS has to code its own file system support, which is ridiculous. And that is strike number one. Strike number two against this is, what? how do you really manage files on iOS? And the, the answer to that question is, not really. You can, but it's not great. Um, iOS does not allow third-party apps to be set as defaults, which is strike three, I believe. And iOS still doesn't allow for any sort of production of code to be made on a device. You cannot run, like, say, a GCC compiler and, you know, write your own C code, right, and have that run and, and create binaries on, on iOS. It doesn't allow for that. And these are all soft limitations. Because iOS probably has some form of GCC library in it. Like, I don't think that... Or actually, Apple uses Clang now? Are those different? Yes, yes, but, that's a different compiler. But that, like, like, that's not like, as a whole. Yeah, the limitation is is all artificial. Like it's like it's all uh, Apple's restrictions, right? The sandbox, the the lack of lack of file, like like the lack of files access is the big one, right? Like the big one that reviewers are talking about is like they're they're sort of positioning this as like the ultimate creative uh, iPad, right? And what do creatives do most of the time? By the way, is create and manage files right like that's like a major part of the workflow no matter what kind of creative you are like you're managing some sort of file right let it be like a like a like a file in photoshop or premiere or like i don't even know what other files like audio files like all yeah, these you're doing garage band there's no there's no like i can't see so like let's use my workflow what does it take for me to edit to switch to an ipad for over podcasting what it takes for me actually is one small thing. I need to be able to plug in my audio interface, which I have right now plugged into the MacBook Pro. I have, we're in a mumble room right now, which is capturing this audio, but then I have another app also capturing the audio to record it to a local file. That does not exist in iOS, and that is the only reason why I cannot do what I do on iOS. And it's those limitations. Videos have, um, editing video, you have a similar sort of limitation, especially when it comes to managing files. It's the APIs aren't extensible enough, and I think it's going to change the time, but this is a product that shipped today, and I'm going to judge it as it came today. And then there's one last thing, which is mobile Safari is not desktop Safari, and that's a problem. Because 
the iPad, browsing the web on the iPad, you will get served sites and such as if you're browsing it on an iPhone. And Apple doesn't need to ship mobile Safari. Apple doesn't need to ship some like, you know, babied web browser. Honestly, they don't need to ship it on iOS as well, like iPhones. I think now Apple should do what Google does, which is Chrome is Chrome is Chrome is Chrome. Whatever platform you're running on, sure, safer. It's going to tell you, right, that you're on a touch device if you're using it on a phone. But Blink is Blink is Blink is Blink. WebKit should be WebKit should be WebKit. It should not be mobile Safari. It should not be hampered in the, in the like on the iPad versus the desktop. They are big enough. They should be the exact same web browser. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. Like you have you have such a big display. Why is this still like why is this still mobile Safari with all its limitations? Like it, like you can't use Google Docs in it, right? Like that's the thing that uh, I think uh, on the Vergecast. Uh, yeah, you can't use Google Docs. Um, WebRTC is even worse on mobile Safari than it is on desktop Safari, and WebRTC is bad on desktop Safari. Uh, let's see, Safari also doesn't. Is it web? Web services, web web workers, which is web one that work, prevents uh, uh, push notifications. Uh, and yes, uh, web push. Uh, no, 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 no. It's, it's like it's, it's service workers. Service there workers. Yes, yeah, service there's, workers. There's shitty service workers support in mobile and desktop Safari. To be fair, um, but see, I think that's and Apple won't let you use Blink or Gecko or no, not Gecko, whatever Firefox Quantum's using, right? The new Quantum Engine. That stuff you cannot use it on iOS because Apple doesn't want you to. Like, I'm willing to bet. That internally, Google for years has had a version of Blink that runs great on iOS, right? Probably, like, I, yeah. There's probably some probably, Chromium for build sure, out there. For sure, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I Apple mean. just doesn't allow you to do that. And I think that's ridiculous at this point. I still think it's this is like a philosophical disagreement that Apple has. Apple still thinks that uh, like, there's this hesitation to uh, add support for uh, service workers, right? It's like... What is happening there? Like, is the, oh no, the, it's in the Safari trunk. They're they're working on it. They're working on it. But it's so, like, it's like so if you work behind. with the Safari roadmap, they're just really behind on it, and they're they're lagging because I it's it's like a VP nine, right? You can't do four K YouTube on this iPad because Apple won't like Apple won't support a Kodak natively, and because of how iOS APIs are, Google can't just like build in VP nine support to the YouTube app. Yeah, this is the two thousand dollar machine that you can't watch four K video on, which is you know what do you what do you want to say it like that? It's like. Like you get, you can't even do 4K video on your phone because of the YouTube app and its limitations. The most I think you could do is 1080p, maybe some form of HDR, but I think it's hampered HDR. It's not, it's not, it's not as great as if you were able to use a phone that supported VP9. And sure, we could be like Apple and Google are fighting over standards, but at the end of the day, VP9 doesn't give you any licensing fees, right? VP9 is not a codec that you have to be paying Google to use. Apple can just add support to it if they want, or they could let Google add support for it if they didn't have such a. Uh, like a closed fist on their APIs. And at this point, if you want something to become a computer, you have to let it do computery things, which means it gets messy, right? It's the same thing with phones. Phones, you can't get as messy on because in a small screen, it doesn't work. But the bigger the screen size goes, the more things you're able to do at one time. And the more things you're able to do at one time, the more extensible of an API set and the more freedom you have to give. And that's my problem with iOS. And I think it's going to change. But as of right now, you're you're, even if Mac OS is say like a legacy system and Apple's moving more towards like an iOS system for the desktop computers, I could still do the podcasting on it. And I can't do the podcasting on the iPad. And that's the problem. And pro software also isn't there, right? But it's just like, it's so many just, it's little paper cuts that takes it down. And this is why I was saying earlier that in, in, in zone A, right? Philosophically, I don't think we should be judging this computer just because it's a touchscreen. However, because of it's a touchscreen and it runs iOS and it's 12 inches and it's 11 inches, we should judge it by that. Because if you're able to run Linux on this hardware, I think this would be 
a really great computer. If or like, imagine you could run Windows on this thing, like Windows, uh, Windows 10 on it, uh, just Windows 10 on ARM. Uh, like, like that's the thing, right? This, 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 this is why this, this thing is so frustrating. It's, it's frustrating to talk about because it's like such amazing, like ridiculously good hardware. And it's like, you, you basically cannot use the hardware. It's just like, what are you going to do? Uh, run these audio apps that use uh, hardware? Great. Okay. Uh, that's like extremely niche. Like what else? Like it's, it's a barely like, it's, it's at a certain level, like there is having headroom and there is just like kind of letting the hardware go to waste. And I feel like, I feel like it's sort of happening. Like it's like it's the, the, these processes are so powerful. The, these GPUs are like these mobile GPUs are uh, so good. And it's like, we just, we just sort of letting it run iOS. Like it's like a little phone. Uh, and it's uh, sort of, yeah, it's like the discussion is just like, well, this is just frustrating to talk about because it's just like, why is this not running something that can do more things? And uh, it might get better, right? Because say, like when I had the Surface 3, I, I, I bought that Surface 3 with the intention of Windows 10 making it better and Windows 10 did make it better. But um, my unsolicited advice to you is don't buy computers with promise of future software updates fixing things. Yes, never do that. Yes, never, never, ever. Also, this is, video games yeah. too. Don't yes. buy video games that are broken on launch because you think they'll get fixed. Don't buy computers that are kind of hamstrung because you think it's hamstrung and ableist word. If it is, my apologies. Don't buy computers that are like kind of crappy, like have compromises because you think a future software update will fix it. Don't do any of that because Apple and Microsoft will probably disappoint you. But yes, yeah. Think about disappointment though. I also want to bring up the fact that these are really fucking expensive. Like, this is without the keyboard and without the pencil. Uh, mind you, Apple broke backwards compatibility with all previous pencils. It's but to be fair, uh, the new pencil is like like better, much better than than the that it was. So, it's but like, if you bought an iPad Pro three weeks ago, you paid a hundred bucks for this pencil, and now it doesn't work if you if you got a new one. If you bought it a week ago, return it. By the way, uh, I mean, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, but still, you get what I mean, right? It's just like, yeah, it's I, like, yeah. Microsoft can keep backwards compatibility with Surface Pens. I think Apple could do the same with pencils. I think that's a philosophical choice and not a software choice. I mean. Sh- Sure, but at the, at the same time, like the new pencil charges wirelessly and doesn't have any uh, connectors, right? And it's like uh, it's, it's like has the magnetic thing, right? It attaches. No, no it's to- like it's an improved pencil, but why why should you have to rebuy one, right? That should be your choice when you want to do it. It shouldn't be you shouldn't be forced into buying a new pencil just because you wanted to upgrade your 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 tablet. And that that's what gets me heated. And also the price of this. Well, you Apple you. Boo! You you can't charge you can't charge for a computer if it don't act like a real computer, right? <laughs> like you can't. Okay, so let's let's price this out, right? Okay, so right, like the, let's go to twelve point nine inches, right? Um, so let's say you want to get this or a MacBook Air, right? Let's say you like you know you're about to get you want to get a MacBook Air, you know you really want to get in the Apple ecosystem. But here's new iPads, great. But like what what are the comparable prices? What does one thousand two hundred dollars of an iPad get me? <sighs> so I'm looking at like Canadian pricing here, but like let's say. Uh, Twelve point nine inch iPad Pro, two fifty six gigabytes, okay, uh, and just Wi Fi. That's that's without taxes or Apple Care is one thousand dollars, uh, one thousand four four hundred forty nine dollars, right? And no keyboard or pencil. No keyboard, that. no pencil, right? There's that is just the iPad, right? And then if you add Apple Care, which is one hundred forty nine dollars, right? Uh, that makes it like it's, what one thousand five hundred. Uh, something uh it's like so like 
you know, by the time you get to the pencil and the keyboard, you're going to be spending like eight, like nearly a grand, nearly two, two grand Canadian dollars, right? And at that this. point, just buy the MacBook Pro. Yes. Yeah. Why? Why would you buy this? I mean, unless you're like, yeah. I mean, unless you're Federico, but you know, only one person is Federico, and that's Federico. Uh, but like, I mean, I think that people too who live on iPads probably aren't. I don't. If you live on an iPad, like then you know that you're that you can justify this, right? I'm saying this is we're talking about people who are thinking between a computer, like a, a, a laptop or an iPad. I would say unless you know for sure that iOS can get your work done and you're okay, if you're okay using mostly Apple apps because Google Docs on iOS is way worse than Pages on iOS, right? Same thing. Even while Word and Excel and all that are serviceable, if you're using like if you live in Excel, you're going to have a better time using a Surface because of how <laughs> much better the Windows version is versus yeah. the iOS version. Yes. Um. So like obviously, you know, you do you. If you think this will work, then you know, try it out. But at for for blanket recommendations, this is a very expensive tablet that really the software isn't there yet. And buy a MacBook Pro instead if you're going to do that. That's don't wait. Don't like wait for Apple. Let Apple wait for you. Yes. Never, never, never go into like the, like this is the, yeah, like, like time and again, it's, it's the thing that you learn, I guess, uh, just, just from buying computers is never go on future promises, right? Like, uh, just, just never do that. Uh, because you're always going to get like, you know, like you're gonna have broken promises at the end of the road. So that's that's like I'm also like the, the, the there's a one TB model, which by the way is ridiculous. Uh, it has the, more RAM than any of the other models. It has six gig of RAM, and because I guess they thought that if you have the two one terabyte model, no, 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 for actually, Photoshop? because of the storage controller, there's like some technical reason that oh. if you have a terabyte of flash storage, you need more RAM. Oh, okay, that's, that's, there's, there's that's a technical reason for it, oh, but it's oh. still weird. Okay, uh, that just starts at. Two plus, it's like two thousand uh, dollars and two 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 point uh, two thousand dollars and one hundred ninety nine. So it's twenty one ninety nine dollars. Just starts at that. Just that's just the base price for the one. If you want a one TV model, say if you want to go like all out, if you want to get the cellular model, right? That one, the LTE, that's like. Two thousand three hundred ninety nine, right? Uh, that's also, not, what are you uh, doing with a terabyte of iOS? What are you doing? What storing apps? all your videos on an iOS device? <laughs> I guess <laughs> Premiere isn't on iOS in a way that really makes sense, right? Like, what do you do? Edit all your 4K footage on iOS? Like, yeah, not- I mean, what are you gonna do with that? Like, is that like okay? Okay, I mean, there is an argument. If, if that is your only computer, say okay, say like this is like a theoretical discussion here. Well, like, so it's if like- it's your only computer, right? Like, my 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 general like computing advice is that buy more storage than you think you need if you can afford it, right? Because yes, always always opt for more locals. Like storage is the one thing that I always tell people to upgrade because you're gonna need it. Uh like it's if you estimate how much storage you're gonna use and just basically double it, right? Uh so but like the thing is like imagine if you're like a person who for for some reason like they wanna like they this is gonna be like their only computer ever. Uh and like they're not gonna use a laptop or a desktop. Uh which is which is a very like I, uh, does this person exist? I I don't even know. I, I I think the people who exist who do that. Um, I think they do exist. I don't know if they're using like the two thousand dollar iPad, right? But I I genuinely think that these people do exist. It's just that they are not computer nerds. Like that's the problem, right? Computer nerds like terminals because I don't know. It's retro and it's like thirty years old, and I don't know. The terminal died before I was born, so I don't really know why you people like oh it that much. Oh my god, Joseph, you're gonna make everybody. 
feel old. Uh, I'm just saying terminals are really old. The desktops really like are like a really old computing model and they work fine. Right. But there are people who just like using touch inputs. And I, I, I'm willing to bet that those people probably don't care to be running bash scripts or like their own scripts or running their own servers because they buy the tablet. So they don't have to worry about certain computer things. Because you buy a computer, you got to worry about like maintaining the computer part of it, right? File management is like a thing that sometimes you got to focus on or like updating your software like manually, right? Like there's there's annoyances of using a computer that we just accept because of the freedom you get from it. But there's like a whole class of people who just like don't care about it. And they probably use iPads fine. And Apple sells enough that people are using these iPad Pros. And, you know, I... I don't judge people who want to do that. Like I don't judge people who want to use surfaces and only use like UWP apps on it. Cause when 32 is kind of gross on a touchscreen, like I don't, there's no judgment here, but I don't think these people are on Mastodon and running their own instances and stuff because I mean, you know, that's the thing that's uh, like, that's the thing I was thinking about. Like uh, my workflow uh, for code, for lack of a better term is, is a uh, hugely terminal based and it's terminal based because it's, I work with Linux servers. So, which means that I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in, in a terminal association to a server. Uh, like how would an iPad Pro, like the, a terminal on an I, on iOS is like, it's very limiting. First of all, first of all, like first thing, it's really weird to use terminals on iOS. Like it's like, well, you term- use a smart keyboard, right? And yeah, use, you use, okay, okay. Like that. So I have the keyboard, but it's still going to be a bit awkward, right? It's going to, it's going to feel, uh, I don't know, like, it's only going to feel, it's going to feel like awkward, a, right? Because you're not used to it and because you grew up using a mouse and keyboard, right? Like, that's why it no, feels and that's awkward. That's also the thing. And also the thing is that terminals are like, it's like a clash of paradigms, right? Like the terminal by itself is like, as you mentioned, a very old, this, the, computing paradigm uh and this is this is this is ios and you you this is like a paradigm a new paradigm and you're running uh uh old paradigm with a new paradigm it's like it's like this weird mesh of things that just feels like you are fighting the computer instead of you know just doing the thing uh, on the computer uh, like like iOS terminal apps, like are like are there decent ones? Like are, I don't uh, even yes. know. Yes, there are. There are decent text editor ones. I, I, I actually have apps. one installed on my iOS uh, on my iPhone, but but I never launch it. I just have it installed just in case. No, there's like there's Git apps and stuff for iOS. You can yeah. do like web development on it. There's apps like Coda. Coda is yeah. a really great app if you want to say um you know SSH or you know SFTP into a server. You know edit HTML CSS files, upload it, have the workflow be able to preview it. There are apps you could do that with iOS. Now, granted. Is this going to be, say, as great as your, like, 20-year-old subline text workflow? Maybe not. Maybe Probably not, not, right? No. But That's for, the thing, yeah. Text editing is... Yeah. I, I don't think iOS, I don't think these tablet computers are for... I don't think it's meant to shift people from one paradigm to another. Mm. But you go to schools right now, what do they have? They have Chromebooks and iPads and Surfaces. You have computers with touchscreens on them. And to the kids growing up today and people like me using touchscreens when i was like 12 and 13 right and like using all these uis that were made for touch it makes more sense to me to go for a touchscreen because that's what i'm more comfortable with some folks might be listening to this and i, I like i know it was like we've been half joking but in all seriousness you might be thinking to yourself right type type typing on a touchscreen keyboard is terrible i can't imagine doing that but for me it's like I don't know what's the difference. I don't. I use I use a keyboard of autocorrect on my laptop all day. I can use my phone's keyboard. There's no haptic feedback on on iOS's keyboard, and I don't feel the difference. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, I'm I'm grumbling right now because there's there's a vast difference, but like, uh, like, but is it a difference that matters? Right? No, not to you. That's the thing. That's the, this is the relative thing. Like, it's like it's not important to you, right? 
But the thing is, uh, like, th- this was mentioned in the Ars Technica article about how, like, actually text editing on an iPad Pro is, is like, on an iPad is, is, is kind of bad because it's like, you don't, the text editing involves a lot of, like, uh, like, you just, like, you know, moving around text, deleting text, adding text, right? That is kind of painful to do on iOS, right? Like, that is, that is a bit, like, even with the keyboard shortcuts, it's going to be a bit painful because you don't, obviously, you don't have an, in, like, input device other than touch, and touch is not great for minute text editing. Uh, so it's like, that's, it's not good for writers either. Like, I don't know, like, I mean, Federico wrote, Federico writes his iPad, his, his reviews on an well, iPad. You just like plug in a keyboard then, right? Cause like holding up the, the touchscreen is, is annoying after a while, right? No, but no, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. fine. I mean, like just like editing text, like just editing a large body of text. Like the, the, the writer of the, uh, Ars Technica iPad Pro review mentioned that he tried to write the review on an iPad Pro. Uh, but he gave up halfway and then just switched to a MacBook Pro instead because he's just more comfortable editing text uh, using keyboard and mouse and a trackpad, right? Uh, so it's like, that's the thing. The trackpad, lack of a trackpad and a pointing device. No, I uh, think that, I think iOS would benefit from having a smart keyboard the trackpad on, right? Like, I'm not arguing against that. It's just, it's just more of comes back to like, what are you used to? What do you want out of a computer and how much do you care about certain things? And I I believe that programmers specifically I don't. I don't think they're out of touch with how people use computers, but I do think that programmers they're 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 in a bubble, right? They're sort of in a bubble. It's yeah. a bubble of privilege of being able to use fast, expensive, stationary computers, and that's not everyone. You have like you go like people just like kind of take their computers with them because that's what it makes sense. Even folks who like use laptops all day, like I take my laptop from different rooms, right? Like I have a desk where I sit down to record podcasts at, but I don't know, like sometimes I'll just take it with me places and like even around the house. And it's just, that's like the kind of use case that tablets are better at. And I think that I, I, I can't tell someone, right. To stop that, that you should move from a mouse and keyboard to a, a touchscreen. If you grew up with a mouse and keyboard, but at the same time, I think we can coexist. We have, we have, I don't know, there's people who live in tiling window managers all day. And while I think there it's wildly inefficient, I don't know why they do that to themselves. And that sounds absolutely terrible. They love it because they grew up with it. And that's what I'm trying to get across. That judging this device and the next one we're about to talk about, like the next device we're going to talk about rather, like judging those based off the software limitations are one thing. But judging it based off the form factor and dismissing it as a whole is an ignorant view. Yeah, uh, it is, it is a view that is limited, right? It's like, it's like you are limiting yourself to your own, uh, own needs, right? Just, just try to think about how, how other people use computers, right? This is like the thing. If you're a developer, this is the thing that I think a lot of people grumble at. Oh, like web apps too, right? Oof. De- developers don't, like, developers like to think like developers and how developers work. Like, they optimize for developers and not, you know, people who do, are not developers. Like, initially having, say, a filtering system that's only regex, you know, I don't oh, know. Like, initially doing the- that, that that's, <laughs> that's not developing with accessibility in mind. That's That's developing for developers, yes. Uh, so let's like move on before we start shit talking Mastodon more. Uh, is is uh, Google Pixel speaking about? Oh my god! Speaking of what? What, what is the segment that you're gonna do? No, I don't know. I don't know. This Pixel Slate. So, why? Why exactly? <laughs> like you know, the iPad iOS has merits, but fucking Chrome OS. Have, what? What? What do you? What? What? What is this bullshit? Because. <laughs> What web apps are optimized for touch? Let's, let's, let's try to think like, about oh this. My God. <laughs> let's try to think about this for a moment, right? This this thing runs full Chrome, right? Let's, let's, let's give it that. Let's, it runs full full 
like desktop Chrome or whatever, right? It also you know, it runs Chrome, it runs Android apps, it runs the Linux apps. So think about it. If you want, you can run an Electron app on your Chromebook on that's only a touchscreen. And I don't know. I'm just gonna make fun of this. I, I'm handing this over to you. I I mean, like this is like not actually this is actually somewhat a better device, like in some ways, like because it's like, you know, it is more flexible, right? It is like uh you have you have a keyboard, but you also have like an OS that's like uh it's like most of like most if you, if you're all in on the web thing, like your your you, everything you do is like Google Docs and like you know uh web apps, right? It's this is this is gonna be great. Well, well, think, the problem is Google's really been pushing Android apps on Chrome. I know we haven't done an update on this recently, but uh my dad right he has a uh, Chrome OS one a touchscreen device, one of the two in ones. And Google's really been pushing Android apps. Android app support has gotten way better on there. And so I think with this in, in more of a touch mode, I think Google's betting that people, some things you go use the web app for, other things you'll use a, an, Android an Android app, app right? Which is but, actually, but the, yeah. This sounds great in theory until you realize, LOL, Android apps, what? Who makes Android apps for tablets? Which is still the case. Like I, Yeah, that's the thing, right? That's That's the big... Big knock. Just because the Android app's running on a Chrome OS device doesn't mean it's any better at running at a 10-inch screen. Yeah, that's the thing, right? It's like Android apps on tablets are still still not great. Still, still, still not, still not where they should be. Even if app, like even Google is trying to push this this model of a uh, uh, this hybrid sort of system where you have both Chrome, Chrome and uh, Android apps. Uh, Great. Uh, I have Android apps that look like hot garbage. Uh, fantastic. Uh, like, why? So, and the, the problem with Chrome OS devices always, it's made sense at the at cheap, at like the cheaper devices and for education because you can do things in a browser, right? You can do document editing and the stuff. But the problem is you can spec this up to have like a Core i7 and make it a costly device. And I don't get why you would do that because it's the, the Linux support isn't something you should be banking on as like a reason to use this. And the other the the Android app support Android apps aren't just there on large devices. It's getting better. It's gotten better than it than it used to be. But Android apps like iOS is still kind of in terms of like tablet support for for productivity apps. Android is even worse about it. And using web apps that were made for a mouse and keyboard right on on a with with a touch screen. I don't I don't know if that's the best idea. And in terms of I I just I don't know what Google's doing. Also, yeah, like this is starting at five ninety nine, right? For just the device, the base device, and the keyboard again is one hundred and ninety nine. So it's like this is, uh, and it's the base model is like a Celeron, like like four gigs of four gigs of RAM. That's 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 not like you cannot like that's three what? tabs in a ten eighty p YouTube video before it starts oh, throttling. Yeah, that before before Chrome just starts putting tabs like like. Just putting tabs to well, sleep, right? To be it's fair, like, I'm not going to show on Chrome OS about this because Chrome OS is probably the most memory efficient version of Chrome I've used. Chrome OS can run on low memory devices and not be as terrible as, say, Chrome on Windows or Chrome on Mac OS. Yeah, it, it is. It is. It is. It is optimized for those like situations. Uh, that's true uh, because they are, there are a lot of those devices uh, in education markets. Uh, but you could also like you know, as you mentioned, uh, spank this up a little bit more, right? With like a Core M3, right, and eight gigs of RAM, which is like seven ninety nine. Again, that's then you add one hundred ninety nine dollars for a keyboard. Uh, that's like a grand. 
It gets uh, even more expensive, friend. It gets even more expensive. Let's yeah, you know, i7. <laughs> let's, 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 let me go all the way up. Let me tell you what's the most expensive one you can get. So let's get a 8th gen Core i7 with 16 gigs of RAM, 256 gigs of storage. That is $1,600. You want the Apple Care clone for it? Another 150 So we're going to add that to our order. So now we're at 1800 um, <laughs> Let's say we want this keyboard. Um, let's go over here. Let's add this to a cart. So, yeah. okay. Two hundred dollars for the keyboard. Yeah, added to my cart. So, so that's two thousand dollars. Yep, and I want the pen. Oh, the pen's a thousand. Or, the pen's a thousand dollars. The pen's a hundred dollars. <laughs> so that's like two thousand one hundred. So you're back at where we started with the like. It's like you are spending. You're spending like two grand on these if you want to go all in, right? It's like. And what's the benefit? What's the benefit of going all in? Like you, that's okay. Also, like it's like two fifty six gigs of storage. Like that's. Mm-hmm. I'm saying two thousand dollars, even if it's a Chromebook, I still want a terabyte of storage, right? Like I don't want I want more storage at that point. <laughs> yeah, like like who's that for? Like who is that device? Like the two thousand dollar pixel slate for uh like I, I don't even I don't even know. Expensive uh, Chromebooks have never made sense because it's like Google's trying to push it as if it's the full desktop class operating system when it's not. And it, I think for cheap devices, it makes sense because, you know, get a web browser using Google Docs and stuff. Even if there's privacy concerns, I still feel like at cheap, good computing, I am okay accepting those compromises because it's like, I don't know. I, I It's not as bad as Facebook, I guess, but that's a whole other discourse for another day. I just think that having cheap Chromebooks are a net benefit for the world. But expensive Chromebooks, it's like, what are you really going to do with it? Like, what do you, what do you truly in your heart? Yeah. You, like, if you're like, going to close your eyes, everyone, look in your heart and think to yourself, if you had $2,000 worth of a Chromebook, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, like really? if you're going to spend that much money, you probably should be investing in like a, like a, like a non Chromebook laptop, right? Like, uh, like, uh, like, you get know, a Razor, like, get a gamer laptop from oh Razor. I don't God. know. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But yeah, like, Pixel Slate, uh, it's fine. Don't spec it up. Or even do I? I don't know. Uh, Actually, I I feel like the Core M3 model is probably the one that makes the most sense. Yes, still, I mean, it's still it's a like, grand. It's still a grand for uh, questionably. Like, the thing that makes the Surface Pro acceptable, right, is that you can run those Win32 apps if yes, you need to. The Win32 apps, yes. And uh, I guess you can run Linux apps on this if you need to. But I, you know, maybe maybe for people who just really are into Google stuff and people who like this device. It might be a good buy for them because I, I don't know. I I just don't know at this point, like really why this exists. Um, it's just like it might be better in the future, but who knows? It might be better in the future, but never, as we mentioned before, buy a device on the promise of a, fe- a better device in the future. Uh, just just don't know that. Uh, so that that's that's the episode. Uh, I think we talked about a lot of philosophy little things about computers and whatnot. Uh, I bet we pissed off every terminal user and every keyboard and mouse user, every console gamer. So we basically pissed off everybody, right? Uh, yeah, I think so good. too. <laughs> we, know, we, we, made a, we made a lot of jokes today, you know, because, um, listen, I love all computers. I just, these companies, like, it's the same thing with phones, right? The lesson is that don't let tech companies raise rent on you and charge you more for parts that really aren't as expensive as they need to be. Recycle your electronics. Uh, and try to think outside of your bubble, right? Like try to think outside of your of your own use case for computers, right? If you're a developer, try to think about how how other people who are not developers use computers. Like how uh, what sort of like 
touch methods is input methods uh, are they using how, how how are they using the computers are they using portable computers are they using desktop computers how like what is it a mix of both etc i try to think of like that and like be a better developer i guess uh, like i don't know uh that's like that's my thing um uh, lesson to you uh other than that uh i think we're gonna wrap up so you can find me uh, on Mastodon, uh, at static safe at mastodon.zombocolette.com. Uh, as always, the show notes are on two shades of brown.com. Uh, and you also can send us email if you just like, are, are like, a like, a tiling window manager user and just, you know, are really mad. Uh, if you're opening, um, what's, what's the terminal email client? Mutt, uh, M-U-T-T. Yeah. Uh, if you want to get mutt with us. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds, that sounds like a furry term, uh, right? Uh, just contact at twoshadesofbrand.com. Uh, yeah, feel free to email us, you know. Email is pretty pretty uh, handy to do on a, in a terminal, at least. Uh, yeah, make sure it's plain text. Uh, but if you want to find me online, I am chosefine at 10forward.social. Still haven't gotten banned yet, you know. We're going <laughs> strong. But um, yeah, thanks for for listening, and uh, I, I apologize if anyone got upset. Uh, yeah, uh, that, please don't be upset. Uh, that's my the, gamer apology because you know how companies when like they apolo- like when they do something wrong, they're like, "I'm sorry that you got mad," instead of "I'm sorry for what I did." Yep, uh, don't do a bad apologies, people. And with that, uh, goodbye. Bye.